welcome to Road to Billions podcast, the mentality of an entrepreneur, with your host, Moise Bertrand. Hey, what's up, you guys? It is your host, Moise Bertrand, the Road to Billions podcast, and I appreciate you guys for listening and tuning in on this podcast because a lot of people could be doing other things, but of course, you guys are here listening you know, and um, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Whether or not you believe me or not, this is me being sincere. <laughs> you feel me? Because some people like, I heard somebody tell me the other day, do you really be saying thank you to people for real, bro? I'm like, bro, I'm dead ass. Like, people really be listening. I be saying thank you. So it's like, oh, I thought you'd just be saying that because that's a little intro. I'm like, bro, no. Like, this is how I am. Like, I'm a genuine person. But um, that's the that's the life we live in. You know, everybody think everything's a, a facade and that's sad. But anyways... We're going to get right to it, man. I recorded an episode before this, and it was kind of fucked up because I felt like I wasn't being real. You feel me? I wasn't being myself on there, and I was too too busy trying to be professional. I had to delete it, and it was about the loans. You feel me? It was about the new... Um, it was about the loans that investors use in order to purchase investment properties. New and old investors could obviously learn from this pocket, from that episode, but I felt like it wasn't information for real. You feel me? So I had to delete it. So I'm redoing it now on this episode, but... Um, the difference is I'm just going to do one loan and I'm going to name all three loans, of course, before I even get started, but I'm going to focus in on one loan. So we have three loans that we use, you know, in the real estate realm and real estate market and real estate industry. We have one, the bridge loan, you know, of course we have the DSCR loan and we have a rental loan, rental portfolio loan. And, um, all three loans have different purposes, but I'm only focused on the bridge loan today just because, you know, I feel like a lot of people had questions about that. And that's one of the main loans that a lot of people use and you would use in order to acquire your first investment property if you ever so happen fortunate enough to. So let's get to it. A bridge loan. What is a bridge loan? So a bridge loan is pretty much a short-term loan, you guys, designed to bridge the gap between like the purchase of a new property and the sale of an, and the, and the sale of an existing one. I like it because they have fairly um, fast closing times. You know, a lot of people don't have closing times that are very fast because they rely on the title and they rely on insurance and they rely on like too many factors. You get me? You really want to get to the nitty gritty of the bridge loan underwriter, the team, the agent that's helping you and really ask them, hey, how fast is this loan going to close? But typically they're known for closing fast. But every, like I said, every lender has different stipulations. Every lender has different rules. I've seen some bridge loans close as fast as seven days. I've seen some take as long as 27 days, you know, so everything has its reasoning. But pretty much this is an ideal loan for people who are using this to buy um, a time-sensitive investment property. You know, properties that people be like, hey, listen, bro, I got other buyers ready to buy this, but I know you have it under contract. What's going on? Do we have a closing date? And, you know, sometimes before you even purchase a property, most of the time, you know, before you even purchase a property, you would have to put down something called an earnest money deposit, an EMD, in other words. And this EMD goes towards the purchase price of the property. And what happens is this is a collateral, you feel me, a deposit on the property saying, listen, I'm really serious about this property. I'm going to buy it and I'm going to actually go through a loan to buy it. But instead of you asking if I'm serious, I'm going to put some money down. But when I close, let this money go towards my purchase. If I don't close, you could keep it, right? But I have a certain amount of days to close and you got to give me a closing date. So if I don't um, close on that date, either I request an extension if you want, or you could keep my money deposit. You know, sometimes they'll extend it because they'll be like, we're already here anyways. And sometimes people be like, nah, I'm cool. And they'll keep your deposit. So be very um, transparent with your lender and let them know how fast you need to close. Let them know what's your closing date. And another great thing about the bridge loan is, is the flexibility and repayment. 
you know, generally these terms will be more flexible in terms and conditions because they're not a 30-year loan, which is locked in. You feel me? With a one-year bridge loan, you have, and you also have a two-year bridge loans. And I believe I've never seen a three. I've never seen a three. I've never seen it. You feel me? I only seen one, two years, 12 to 24 months. And, um, you know, sometimes when you get these bridge loans, you want to ask yourself, is this lender going to work with me just in case something happens? You get me? Is this person just going to throw me under the bus? You know, is this lender going to be okay with me extending this loan if I don't refinance or sell it in a year? Can I extend it for another two, three months if something happens? And you want to be okay with these lenders working with you, and you want to be comfortable working with these lenders because a lot of lenders don't have the best in mind for you, if, especially if the property is like a lick. You feel me? If it's a property bought for, like, let's just say you came across a crazy property, bought it for 80, put 40 grand into it, that's 120, now it's worth 350,000. That's a lick. You know, the lenders sometimes will be like, bro, I can't extend this loan for you past a year. I'm sorry. And you're like, what the fuck? And, you know, sometimes you don't want to be in that predicament. I hope no one ever does. Um, but it's a very gut-wrenching um, situation that, because I read about it, you know. I read about people who said they, they lost millions, you know, of investors' money. They lost millions of their money just because sometimes the stipulations between their loan officer and them was a lot of miscommunication. Their loan guidelines were miscommunicated. Hey, can I get an extension on this loan? No, we only give extensions, you know, only once a year. And, you know, the year term already ended. You know, you some crazy shit like that. You might be like, bro, what? There's a lot of crazy shit that goes on between these loan officers and, par- and purchase properties. So you always got to make sure you do your due diligence as well. Um, exactly another one as well is it smoothens the cash flow. So it helps investors prevent downtime from property-to-property transactions. So typically speaking, if you're selling a house, you will want somebody to go through a bridge loan to buy your house because that's if it's an investment property, just because it closes really fast. When you have conventional FHA, government-backed loans, Fannie Mae and all that good stuff, it's going to take 45 to 60 days to close, sometimes 45 days, sometimes 40 days. Um, and the reason why it takes so long is because they got to go through the whole trifecta of the house, the roof, the gutters, the everything, everything to make sure this is an actual stable house. And if it's not, you got to really, really repeat the process of making sure things are right. You get me? They're not going to give you a loan on the house that's inhabitable, and they're not going to give it to someone to live in it because they obviously know it's, it's, it could be um, a risk. You get me? So you get a bridge loan to first have them close very fast so you get your profits in easy. You sell the house, smooth, boom. And also for them to use it to finance their rehab because bridge loans offer rehabs. You know, that's one of the things that some of them offer. They offer 80, 90, 100% of financing and rehabs. And typically what that does that mean is when you're buying this house, right, when you're buying a house with a bridge loan, like I mentioned, they tell you, okay, cool, you need 10 to 20% down, 25% down sometimes in some cases. And then they'll be like, hey, are you rehabbing the house? You'll be like, yes. And you do something called the scope of work, like I mentioned to you guys in other podcasts and episodes. I forgot what episode. is a lot. But um, <laughs> you just want to go ahead and, like, write down everything that's going to be done in the house in the percent. I mean, in the purchase of the house, right? And you want to also make sure that whatever's going to be done in the house is documented, not only a receipt, but also with um, actual transactions and paperwork. A lot of people, they fall victim to not having these things in place because the investor doesn't know exactly what's going on. Right. They don't know if they're getting ripped off by the house. They don't know exactly if um, this house supposedly be bought for this price. There's a lot that goes on. So you need the bridge loan officer not only to be transparent with you, but also to help you with your scope of work, which I mentioned before, which is going to be the rehab plan. We got to see if the contractor is actually charging you the retail price or are they charging you a crazy prorated rate that you obviously going to get yourself into a large, a deeper amount of debt with us because we're paying him directly and that ties into your loan. 
So if you saying this roof, or let's just say you saying this roof is $25,000, I never heard no roof $25,000, but we're going to say it's $25,000. We're going to say, okay, you got pay, he, he got paid for $25,000. That goes towards your overall loan balance, right? You still got the floor, bathroom, all that good stuff. So he ran up $100,000 on the house that probably would have fixed for like thirty, forty grand. You want somebody who's in the underwriting team who works in the bridge loan to look at your loan and be like, you sure? Like, who's the contractor? Let's get their license information. Let's get XYZ going. Because you want this person not only to be on your side, but also for you to be protected in the back end. Because there's so many times a lot of loan officers, they don't, they're not transparent with their purchaser. They're not transparent with their client. And a lot of people get into situations where they feel like they were bamboozled, you know? And I don't like for anybody to feel like they were used in any situation because everybody has to have a fair shot at transparency. And that's why a lot of lenders, they're a lot more lenient um, on these properties now because they know that a lot of people are not closing on houses easy. You know, a lot of people don't have cash, 50, 30, 40 grand. So when these lenders see, okay, cool, you can buy this house. All right, I'm going to give you a little bit of leniency on this house. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to give you as, as much of a hard time as a regular loan, but I'm going to ask for more money down. I'm going to ask for a higher interest rate. And I'm going to ask for more a little bit of detail, pro, um, like details of the project. So I really know that this project is going to do what it's going to do. And you're going to do what you're going to do. You know, you're going to have it. And then you're going to flip the house, whether you flip it to somebody else, whether you keep it for long-term refinance. But you want to initially start off the house purchase with a bridge loan, not only because it's fast, but also because it gives you an easier repayment strategy if anything was to happen. But like I said, disclaimer on that, because every lender has their own um rules and terminology and all that other stuff and you don't want to be you don't want to be caught in no trans um no crosshairs of people trying to take your property for the free for the cheap you know they gave you all this money now they're saying they're gonna take it back because it's worth 300 bands now 400 bands and they only give you 100 they will come up you feel me and um you don't want to be in that predicament you don't want to be in this game because it's cutthroat um a lot of times with bridge loans like i said you could just apply easily online there's google bridge loans hard money lenders and you want to check out the rates Give me, don't compare the federal rate to their rates because that's a whole different ballgame. That's for investment properties. That's for people who are looking to buy fixer uppers sometimes and looking for um, existing properties. You know, sometimes you can actually use a bridge loan to buy an existing property depending on like your circumstance. I never really heard about anybody using it. Like I said, if I, if I knew anybody who used it, I would have talked about it, but I don't know. But I know specifically for me, I use it for investment properties and I use it to rehab properties and then I use it to sell properties and I use it to also um, refinance properties going into the DSTR loan, which I'll talk about on another podcast, on another episode. But essentially, this is going to be your starter kit. You know, making sure you have an LLC because some bridge loans don't loan out to LLC. Some, some of them don't loan out to personal. Some of them loan out to both. So you're going to make sure you get the bridge loan and the information correct on whatever you're doing. You want to make sure that the property you're actually buying is actually going to be, um, it's going to be a value. It's not going to waste your time. It's not going to be a guzzler. It's not going to be something that takes away from the whole overall scope of work that you're doing. It's not going to be something that takes away from the overall um, money that you're making. You want it to be something that you sit back, you make enough money. It's going to cause a little bit of mechanical in the repairs here and there. But you don't want it to be something that's going to cause you so much headache to a point where you're just you're you just feeling like you're not there no more. You feel me? And the easier that the easier that real estate gets for you, the more you will understand. You don't want to deal with things that's going to cause problems. You're going to run into problems in anything you do, but essentially you don't want to have too many problems. So, like I said, that's the bridge loan, you guys. I seen bridge loans do really well for people. I seen bridge loans. Um, I never seen nobody really fuck up a bridge loan. You feel me? 
like I said, every lender has their own set of rules. Every lender has their own set of guidelines. Um, some of them offer 60, 65, 70, 75, 80, 90% of the loan to value, of course. Some of them offer um, 10 to 25, even 30% based off credit, based off the house. And a lot of them just offer you whatever they feel like they're, like, is what the house could probably be worth in the future and what you're going to do to it to make it that, make it that price. So do your due diligence at the end of the day. Don't let them fool you into no deals. Don't let them fool you into a bad deal. And um, like I said, always keep a mentor. Always do your research and always do your due diligence. So at the end of the day, I appreciate you guys for listening to Roll the Business Podcast. It's been an amazing journey. And you guys take care.